قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وصدق الله العظيم All praises to Allah All praises to Allah All praises to Allah who guided us to this who guided us to Islam and to Iman and to his Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day and we were not to be guided was it not that Allah had guided us O oh Allah to his praise as is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority O oh Allah we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves rather we admit that you are the only one who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness and may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon his servant and messenger our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his Mubarak and blessed family and progeny and upon all of those who followed their way until the day of judgment. By Allah's fadl after the visitation of the sacred lands of the Haramain Sharifain of the Masjid of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina Munawwara, of the Rawdha Sharifa that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ described as that place which is between my member and my maqam is a garden from the gardens of paradise. That Muajaha Sharifa where a person comes and has the opportunity to present their salam to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in person. In the Mazar of the Shuhada of Uhud, in the Masjid al-Quba, in Makkah Mukarramah, at the time of taking Ihram at the Miqat, throughout the journey while saying the Talbiyah, in the Masjid al-Haram, in the Mataf, by the Maqam Ibrahim at Safa and at Marwa, after the Salat and after the prayers, when sitting alone and when sitting with people, Allah is my witness. I made dua for our brothers and sisters in Gaza, and I made dua for anybody who makes effort in order to give help and victory to the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to those who are suffering. Those who can raise a hand against the oppressors, my dua is for them. Those who speak against the oppressors, my dua is for them. Those who hate the oppressors in my heart, in their hearts, my dua is with them. And those who cannot do any of them, my dua is against them. It's the dua, Allah mansur man nasara, ummata Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, Come to the aid and assistance of the one who comes to the aid and assistance of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What's the other side of the coin? 
Allah makhzul min khadla ummata Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What is khidlan? Khidlan doesn't mean to oppose. Khidlan doesn't mean to oppose. Yeah, it doesn't mean, oh Allah, oppose the person who opposes the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's not what it means. Khidlan is what? Khidlan is to fail to come to the aid and the assistance of the one whose aid and assistance you're expected to come to. You have a friend, you say this is my friend, you act like a friend with them, you take the privileges of a friend, but when they need you, you're nowhere to be found. This is khidlan. Someone was about to make a terrible mistake in their life, you could have given them advice, but you didn't. This is khidlan. Somebody fell and you could have grabbed them and held them, but you just let them falter. This is khidlan. Somebody needed medical assistance. Somebody needed someone to call 911. Someone needed something from you and you were expected. You were in the perfect place in order to render such an assistance. And you didn't. This is khidlan. Rasulullah describes the believer as being the brother of the believer. And from the rights that a believer has on his brother believer is that he doesn't fail to come to render basic assistance for his brother. It's fine. I'm not going to come to your house and pay your rent. And guess what? I know you're not going to come to my house and pay mine. But basic assistance we can, we can expect from one another. We consider it an honor to give to our fellow brothers. I also in every one of those places made the dua that Allah Ta'ala make the khidlan of the person who makes the khidlan of the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need any one of us. He doesn't need any one of us as individuals. He doesn't need any one of us as a group. He doesn't need any one of us as a qawm or as a race or as a madhab or as a school of thought or as anything. Allah Ta'ala Completely 100% a sum of the binyaz. He has no need for anybody whatsoever. Everybody's need is complete for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will see this is a cycle that happens. That those people who don't come to the assistance of the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah ta'ala makes them irrelevant. Allah ta'ala makes them redundant. Allah ta'ala replaces them with somebody better than them. And you know what? I'm 100% okay with that. If I'm a failure myself, that I can't do anything for my brother, I want to be replaced by the one who can. But you know what? The person who has these types of thoughts, one would hope in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that just the love of good is itself a sign that you won't be replaced. Furthermore, we have an opportunity to make dua for anything that we want. So why always plan for the worst case scenario? Let every single one of us make this dua that, Ya Allah, the one who you honored from your creation the most, the one that you love from your creation the most. They're the ones that you benefit to people, other people through them the most. On the tongue of your messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this has been very clearly declared. Ya Allah, make us the ones who serve the creation. Ya Allah, honor us by making us the ones that you honored by serving the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, serving the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make us not people who come to Islam like consumers, like people who come to Walmart. Like I've been imam in masajid before. I get this from like masjid board members. You know, I've literally heard, someone is, people have told me again and again this thing that we, you know, we want to have a basic modicum of customer service. What do you mean customer service? Am I selling you something? Do you see like a white collar and a black robe that I'm wearing right now? My name is uh, uh, Father Hamza. 
that you can go in the back, send your daughters in the back room and they can sit in a dark room with me and then confess all their sins. And then I say, yeah, you know, the name of this and that and the other thing. And then you're, you know, you do this and that and the other thing and you're forgiven. <laughs> that you can pay 15, 20 dollars. Because that's a lot. You know, you did sins. I forgave them for you. you. You're getting a service in exchange for a service, right? Do I have any service that I'm offering any of you? That you can pay me money for? That I'm going to come to you and give you some sort of customer service? Every single one of us comes to this Jum'ah with the intention, say, the person who fears Allah Ta'ala will take the reminder. It so happens it's my turn for whatever reason. I don't even know. If someone was better at it or more poised to do it or picked to do it, I would say, you do it and I'll sit and listen. All of us are here to be reminded of the same thing, to remember the same thing. Which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua, ya Allah. That I don't be a person who comes to, uh, comes to Jum'ah like a customer at Walmart, expecting some sort of customer service. Make dua, ya Allah ta'ala, that I come like the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to you. That he wanted to be a, a, a slave prophet, not like a king. He wanted to be a servant. He wanted, he wanted, he said, the Sayyidul Qawmi yukhadimuhum. Sayyidul Qawmi khadimuhum. That the, 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 the honored master of a people, the honored person of a people is the one who what? Who serves them. He's their servant. That's the, the, the sign that you can recognize who the master of a people is, the one who's doing the service for them. The one who's hustling. The brothers who are hustling in the parking lot, pleading with people not to like double park or not to block a fire lane or block the neighbor's uh, lots. The people who are hustling around telling people for the sake of the Lord, please don't sit down in, the, in front of the door. Go in deeper so that other people can come in. The person who came before Jummah that you don't even know who they are and vacuum the floor. And the person who will come after Jummah, you have no idea who they are. They'll vacuum the floor. What does it bother them? That Allah Ta'ala knows who they are and Hamza doesn't know who they are. It means it makes no difference whatsoever. So make this dua. I made this dua in every one of these single places, holy places, and not to pump myself up too much, but I have a lot of hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy. I have a lot of hope in Allah's karam that He didn't allow me to make those du'as except for because He wants to give it to me. You make the du'a also, He wouldn't have allowed you to make those du'as as well. He wouldn't have allowed you to want to make those du'as except for He wanted to give it, give it to you as well. وَأَلَّيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى a human being doesn't receive anything except for the thing that they hustle for. And there are people hustling out there for all sorts of things. Some of them are good. Some of them are beautiful. Some of them are fun. Some of them are evil. Some of them are ugly. Some of them are weird. And a depressing amount of them are just brain-rottingly pointless. So whatever it is you want to hustle for, ask for that thing. Interesting, interesting times that we live in. As has been mentioned by myself in this very place, at this very occasion on Friday. So many things that we read in the news, it's become so plain. We all had this idea that there's some propaganda in the news, in the legacy media, and things that governments say, our government not being an exception to that, but other governments also being like that. The government doesn't always tell the truth. It's not a shock to anybody. It shouldn't be. But 
how gross the sheer volume of lies is, is kind of like astonished everybody. At the same time, mashallah, we've seen other interesting things because 20 years ago, there wasn't a Twitter in order to refute the lies. There wasn't, you know, social media in order for you to see the pictures of the lies in real time. While one man is lying, the other person is showing, you know, this guy's lying. Here's a picture of their lie right while it's happening. It's something very interesting. It's something very amazing. I've had many friends, Instagram accounts shut down. WhatsApp accounts even shut down. Facebook accounts shut down. Shadow banned. You put a post up about a dancing kitty cat. A thousand people will like it. You put a post up about I'm against killing small children in Palestine. All of a sudden the thing is like people, your friends searched for the post. They can't find it, but it looks like it's posted on your account. So a very practical thing happened. There was one social media platform. I usually dislike talking about particulars like this, but what, what can we do? It's where we are right now. It's called X, it used to be called Twitter. It's been relatively unregulated, relatively speaking. Some of all of this stuff happens with it too, but still, it's been relatively unregulated. For that, the owner of it got slammed recently. He had to make a, like, make a little umrah to visit uh, Netanyahu and rub him seven times and kiss him in order to save his uh, company. And uh, he, you know, he made his tawaf and he made his sa'i and his du'as were accepted. And he's still in business for now. And people are now like crying about this, like, oh, look, you know, is he really sincere or did he sell out or did he this, did he that? I'm not here to talk about, it's Juma. we're not talking, talking about Twitter. We're not talking about the individual. I didn't even take his name, even if you, you know, if I did, it's not about that. What do I want to say to us here in Juma? <coughs> this is one of the monumental and colossal failures of Muslim civilization in the time that we live in. I'm not talking about the deen of Islam. The deen of Islam is protected until the day of judgment. The Qur'an is protected by Allah Ta'ala. The aqaid, the ilm, all of these things are protected until the day of judgment. But the ummah has better days and it has not so good days. This is a sign that we're in the latter and not the former. That the means that we have to communicate with one another, they have broken down. That now we have to sit and talk about and think about as a Muslim. As Groups of Muslims and as nations of Muslims in the world. What is it this guy who lives in Silicon Valley thinks or doesn't think in order to get our communication, our points communicated across to one another and to other people? This is a failure. This is a failure. We should not see ourselves as clamoring for rights in somebody else's system, in somebody else's platform, in somebody else's space. We should make our own space for ourselves. We should have our own platform for ourselves. Our platform is not only just the masjid. The masjid is very important. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he came to Medina Munawwara in his Mubarak Hijra, the first thing he did was had the masjid built. But after that, what did he do? He asked the Ansar radiallahu ta'ala on whom, where do you buy, sell and trade? They said the Jews have a market, they set the prices, we bring our goods, we sell according to whatever their rules are. Did he say bad about the Jews? No. Good for them, that's their thing, let them do that. We're in 2023, December 1st. The Jews have a large marketplace, good for them. I have no spite against them, I have nothing bad to say about them because they're Jews and because they have a marketplace. Good for them. Let them do what they want to do in their life. What's wrong with us? Why don't we have our own place that we buy, sell, and trade?
Why don't we have our own place that we speak to each other, that we share information with one another? Now, this is an interesting problem. If you think through it, I see that we have some brothers who are IT people and consultants and whatever, mashallah. I'm sure there's actually a lot of you over here who are yourself either in IT or have relatives in IT. It's Chicago, so like half of Hyderabad, mashallah, like it's, there's a lot of IT people. I myself, as having experience as being imam in masajid in America, I have so much, so much mind-boggling levels of bizarre experiences. Where an IT guy will come up and then cause a fight over some small issue that's a difference of opinion with regards to how to pray or how to make wudu or whatever in the sharia. And that's like, bro, you work for Microsoft, you work for Google, you work for Facebook. Go do your thing, say your salat, put your donation in the box. If it's really that big of a deal, find some scholars in order to like fix this problem. When you guys have a bug in your programs, you don't go to the masjid and call like a sheikh to come fix the bugs, do they? Like all of us can tell if something is buggy, it doesn't work properly. You don't have to be an IT professional to be able to tell that. But you find someone who knows how to fix it in order to fix it. When there's something wrong in the hospital, you want a second opinion because of a diagnosis that may not be, you know, 100% right. You don't go and call the sheikh from the masjid. Even though most of, most of the imams, maybe even including me, we're happy to tell you our diagnosis. Well, who cares? Call somebody who knows what they're doing. Right? This b- bizarre like, reaction that we have where everybody wants to be sheikh, this is what? This is a psychological problem we have. Which is that we have ourselves become so irrelevant. So irrelevant to the time and space that we live in. The one place where you can walk in and be taken seriously, even if you're a complete lunatic, is the masjid. And it's because the rahmah, this is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a refuge for every person who's broken-hearted, every person who's broken-minded, every person who's broken-bodied. You can come here, you'll find some sort of refuge. Again, someone may not pay your entire rent, but someone will probably at least buy you a biryani for lunch. You have something here, even if you have nothing anywhere else. Even as a non-Muslim, you can walk in. Someone will do something for you. If anything, people will leave you alone, by and large, in the masjid. Whereas that's not the case anywhere else. This problem with regards to a platform by which we can speak to one another, a technological platform by which we can interact and share information with one another, it's an interesting problem. It's a really big problem. Even if someone were to design the app and do all the front-end, back-end, make it functional, how are you going to get people to sign on to it? If only 30 people are on it, it's not going to have any effect. You know, how you, if only Muslims are on it, it's not going to have any effect. How do you build it and grow it? And if it becomes successful, then that's the day that all our real problems will start, right? I have a friend who really likes money a lot, so he has a lot of really wise things that he says about money. He says, if I, if I owe you $50, that's my problem. If I owe you $50 billion, that's your problem. What's the point of having something, a platform that's so large you can't defend it? The government will shut it down, it will get taken over by somebody else, it will get taken over internally, this will happen, that will happen, people get into a fight, people cheat each other, lie each other, steal. All these things happen, these are real issues, right? Look, we're all the people who say what? Islam is the solution, right? The sunnah of the Prophet is the solution. The deen is like literally a solution for all of these things. Your internet can get cut off. Your internet can be taken away from you. Your phone can get cut off. It can get tapped. It can get bugged. Right? Your property, physical, can be, physical property can be stolen from you. Your intellectual property can get stolen from you. Your programs can get bugged and cyber warfare and all of these other things. 
You're here in the masjid right now, right? If you heard something f about me or from me or you want to know something about me, all you do is you go catch me after the salat and say, did you say this, did you not say that? And we talk to one another. Right? This masjid itself is what? It's a, it's a low-tech, high-security, foolproof social media. This five daily prayers that we have, this is what? It's a low-tech, foolproof social media. The Salat al-Eidain, the Haramain Sharifain. The Haramain Sharifain right now, it's in a country. I don't want to speak good or bad about other countries in Jummah Khutbah because we're not here for that. Like I have opinions about stuff, we can talk about it later if you want to. I'm not like afraid or ashamed of it either. But to say, in summary, that not all the countries in the Muslim world can you speak as openly about a lot of things as you can in America. There were people who were barred entrance into the Haramain Sharifain because they had the black and white checkered kafiya on. Why? Because they said there's no siyasa over here. How is this siyasa? How is this in politics? I have no idea. You can get barred from those things. Even then, even then, you go visit the Haramain Sharifain, you can get the khabar about every single country in the world, you can get it within 15 minutes. You want to know if what the news is telling you about Afghanistan is true or a lie? You can get it from the Haramain Sharifain. You want to know about Iran? You can find out in the Haramain Sharifain. You want to know about the difference between Iraqi Kurdistan and uh, the Kurdish areas in Turkey? You can find out in the Haramain Sharifain. You can find the most obscure, bizarre, small, niche group of people from anywhere in the Ummah. You can go visit there and you can talk to them. Why is it that we are not aware of this? Why is it that we don't take benefit of this? Why is it that we don't develop and cultivate our ties with these things? We actually had, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, there are some people, they don't like the government uh, 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 in the Arabian Peninsula. Again, I, I'm not here to judge whether this is a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. Whenever I go there, I don't engage in politics. I'm not there to like have lunch with the king. You know, I'm just there to visit Allah Ta'ala's house. I'm visit, there to visit the uh, Rasul Sallallahu I don't go to other cities. I don't go to other places. There was somebody in the group who said that. They admitted that. There's actually two women who are talking. One of them said that my husband didn't come. Why? Because he says, well, I'm in a boycott because I don't agree with the king's politics with regards to Palestine. The other one said, well, my husband said the same thing, but I dragged him anyway. So I went and talked to her husband. I overheard this conversation. And then afterward, I talked to the ladies too, but I talked I, I talk to because as a group leader, they asked me questions. Okay, you know, Shaykh, how many times do we go around the Kaaba 7? Okay, good. These types of things, this is what I do in the group. So I talked to the husband. I said, did you really say this? He says, yeah, I have to admit. I go, are you, are, now that it's done, now that we're on the bus, on the, on the way back to the Jeddah airport to fly back to America, do you regret having gone? He says, no, I don't regret it at all. I go, did it ever cross your mind? If you don't like the government... Just stop driving a car. Just stop driving a car. Walk to work, bike to work. Right? The Hajj industry, as much as I hate this expression and concept, is the second largest vehicle of, 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 of revenue for the government in Arabia. What's the largest? Oil. So if you really don't agree with them and you want to like have economic harm or whatever, which I, again, I'm not advocating, but I'm just saying that, you know, as a 
consultant-minded, strategist-minded person. What is it? It's oil, right? So just stop driving a car. How much money does the government get out of your, out of your trip and how much does it get out of you driving, uh, you know, 40 minutes to work and home again and driving to the masjid and driving here and driving there? What is it? This is, a, this is a problem that we have in our minds, which is what? First of all, the dunya is sacred, so we don't question that. The, even the proposal of not driving a car is all of a sudden considered impractical. Why? Because that's sacred. You don't talk about that. What do you talk about? You talk about the thing that's negotiable, right? The, what, used to, what should be dunya has become deen, and what should have been deen become what? Become dunya. But what's the bigger point than all of that? What's the bigger point of, than all of that? Do you know this is not the first time? This is not the first time that some problem has happened in the ummah. Problems have been happening for centuries, like in all parts of the ummah, Africa, Asia, Europe, all, all, all different places. Where, 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 where do all of the rebellions, where all the revolutions start? Where did they always start? The Haramein Sharifain. Our own Mashaykh. Sayyid Hussein Ahmad Madani, I studied Madras and Jamia Madaniya. Allah have mercy on him. He taught the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ during the Ottoman time for 16 years. For 16 years he taught for free. Where was the rebellion that they coordinated against the British and the Indian subcontinent? Where was it hatched? Where, where, where did the refugees, exiles all come up in order to hatch and plot the Haramein Sharifain? Do you have any Algerians in here? The patron of the Algerian revolution against the French. The struggle to throw the French out of Algeria. The spiritual patron was a sheikh by the name of Abdul Hamid bin Badis. He actually studied with Mulana Sayyid Hussein Ahmad Madani during that time in Medina Munawwara. He wrote a letter to his ustad, to his teacher in hadith, saying that the French have ruined Algeria, and they've ruined the akhlaq of the people, and they've made it such that the Algerians cannot practice their deen anymore. And they've been there so long that I fear that my people have strayed so far from Islam, it's not a place to live anymore. So I want to move and just take up permanent settlement in Medina Munawwara. The sheikh wrote him a letter back saying, absolutely 100%, you are not allowed to do this. You learn what you need to learn, you figure out what you need to figure out, and then you go back, and you take your land back from the usurper. You don't allow a thief to come into your home and steal it. Both of those letters are to this day in Jazair, in Algiers, it, they're in a museum. As a sacred relic of the struggle of the, those people in order to throw out their satanic usurpers who tried to kill them in their own land. Why is it that that's what we want to boycott and we think somehow or another sitting on your phone and sitting on your computer, sitting on your tablet, making ad revenue for somebody in the Silicon Valley on somebody else's app is going to be the solution. I'm not saying don't be on it. I myself am on all of those things. But why is it that we look to those things to the solution? We cannot look to the masjid itself for the solution. We cannot look at each other's faces and say, we have problems, this is how we're going to come together, we're going to solve them, by looking at each other face to face. Because there's no algorithm. When I see your faces, there's no algorithm between you and me. There's no advertising between you and me. There's no lies and cheating between you and me. 
Those small things that are just a matter of wording that cause fights on social media platforms. When we see each other face to face, even those things we disagree about, we learn to love each other despite those disagreements. Have you not had this experience before? So many times I've had this experience before. Email, text, WhatsApp, Telegram, social media. You escalate, you go back and forth and fight with one another. When you see somebody, literally when you see the nur in their face and the barakah of la ilaha illallah inside of their heart, you don't have it inside of you to hate that person. You don't have it inside of you to keep enmity for that person. Why is it that we don't see the barakah and the khair in that? Why is it that we don't see Allah Ta'ala's help in that? Why is it that we don't see that's the place that we're supposed to start from? And then we expand to something else. People say, you're talking about coming to the masjid for five daily prayers and visiting the Haram and Sharifain. Look what's happening. People are dying overseas. People, you know, we didn't get to that situation overnight. We're not going to fix it overnight. There are basic systemic issues that have broken in the ummah. Until they get fixed, we're not going to be in a position in order to fix those other more high-level issues. This is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because your reason for being put in this earth is not freeing Palestine. Your reason for being in this earth is that you have a limited amount of time. I have a limited amount of time that we can fix the broken relationship that we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we can be eligible for salvation, for najat on the day of judgment. Palestine is a reason for that. It's a way that you can get through that. As there are many other reasons and there are many other pathways. I will say this even further than that, that jihad fi sabilillah, to struggle in the path of Allah Ta'ala, not only is one path, it's one of the highest paths. Ramadan will be here in a couple of months. Listen to the Quran. There will be some people, blah, 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 there's no such thing as war in Islam, blah, 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 there's no such thing as fighting in Islam, Islam means peace. Islam means... Listen to the Quran, like a third of it, a quarter of it, half of it is about fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's wonderful. All of, the, uh, all of the propaganda in the world, a couple of nights of Salat al-Taraweeh, it's all gone. Like blowing an old dandelion into the wind, it's gone. Does it mean terrorism? No. What does it mean? Fight in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what's right. Stop the hand of the oppressor. Stop the hand of batil. Stop the hand of liars and cheaters. How are you going to do that when you're on somebody else's platform? How are you going to do that when you're playing someone else's game? How are you going to do that when you're taking someone else's education? How are you going to do that when your entire economy has somebody else's face printed on the money? How are you going to do that when somebody else's name is on all of your stuff? Do you see a, the name of any kafir on my clothes I'm wearing right now? I get annoyed. I went to the hospital the other day. The, the uh, nurse asked my wife, Oh, is your husband some kind of priest? Because he's dressed like that. I, this is how I dress all the time. This is how I used to go to school. Like at madrasa, if you can understand. This is how I used to go to college as well. This is how I go on a plane. Do you see someone else's, some kafir's name on my clothes? How are we going to do any of these things if we're playing on someone else's game? And the issue is this, is not saying that everybody has to go full like, you know, uh, whatever, like off the grid overnight. That's a separate issue. Some of these things are more important. Some of them are less important. Some of them will make sense for some people. Some of them will not make sense for others. 
The point is, is what? The basis of all of these things, the basis of all these things is the deen of Allah Ta'ala practiced as, which, as the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam instructed us. The basis of your social media is what? Come to the masjid, look at each other's faces. If you live far away, maybe it's time to talk to your real estate agent. If you don't like this neighborhood, well, guess what? The person who's the neighbor of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala takes care of him because he's the one who commanded that you be good to your neighbors. Don't look for the solution in something else. Look for the solution in the thing that you have. Allah ta'ala will put barakah in it. This is how you build your own constituency. And this is in fact, in fact, this is in fact the thing that your enemies are afraid of. This is in fact the thing that, that your enemies have invested billions of dollars in order to get you and get me to forget. Why is it when a country like ours, under a neoliberal imperialist agenda, bombs the smack out of a country like they've done to Afghanistan, to Iraq, to other places? Did they say you can't build masajid anymore? No. What did they do? They said, we want you to change the education system like this. We want you to change the banking system like this. We want you to change the way people talk to each other about things like this. Afterward, you can say you're a Muslim all you want. You can act like a Muslim all you want. Just do things in our system. Thankfully, we live in America. This is something that we should thank the Lord for, mashallah, of all the places we could have ended up. We came here, the country was built on this idea that these are things you're not supposed to trust the government with. We don't live in Europe where there's this idea that the government has a a duty in order to make everybody into a a loyal citizen uh, uh, of one type, of one national and linguistic identity. Our government does it as well because it's convenient. But the idea is there's enough critical mass in this country of people who know what America is, what ideals it was founded on, that you will get support, not just from within the community, from outside the community, if you wish to live according to your own ideals, and people will, will respect you for that. Which makes it all the more perplexing. Why? All the more confusing. Why? Why is it then we have people in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, left this ummah with such a hujjah, with such a proof, such a bright and shining path, illuminated toward Allah ta'ala, that its day and its night are equal. Why is it that people then look to the calf when you have Allah and say, give us a God like they have a God. This is your home. This is where your barakah is. This is where you're going to get what you want. Even if you don't like me, even if you don't like my speech, even if you don't like the board, even if you don't, even if you don't like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, that you want uh, lamb biryani at lunch and not chicken. Even if all of those things are still, Allah Ta'ala is still there, right? What's a bigger consideration? Do you go to pray, do you go to a masjid to pray because of the imam? Some people do that. They're like, oh, I love the reciter over there. Okay, alhamdulillah, mashallah, everybody loves that someone does something well. And of all the things that you can do well, the Quran is like one of the most well things that can be done well, right? Do you know the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his age, in his era, in the era of the Aslaf, people used to recite very plainly. The Arabs used to recite very plainly. There's no Abdul Basit Abdul Samad in the time of the Aslaf. There is no maqam system in the time of the Aslaf. 
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم ملك يوم الدين إياك Is it a different Quran? Is it less barakah? Is it a different Allah you're calling on? These things, what they remove a, a modicum of entertainment from people's practice so people don't like that. But it's something to think about. That the barakah is still there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to be connected with the house of Allah ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq to take that thing that He already set up for us, that, that, that connection He set up for us, so that we don't have to be dependent on handouts from other people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that tawfiq to come together and to make those prayers that get us to where we need to on the day of judgment, that get us to where we need to get to in this life, that get us the things that we need to get done before we meet him uh, and have to give account.